This week on Kettle of Fish, actor William Sanderson stops by to talk about chasing rainbows and digital pots of gold. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show where we chat with actors, comedians, artists, scientists, musicians, magicians, models, and astronauts about life, love, and the creative process. I am your seafaring podcasting captain of the internet airwaves, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you, as always, from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce... My smoothie drinking, veggie eating, hula hooping producer, the healthy plate of kale to my meat eating yuck face, (laughs) the healthy D Maven. Yes, Uh, this D does things and currently this D is doing raw vegan and I love it. I mean, and it's not because I don't want to eat animals because they do taste good. Um, It was because I have... I'm undergoing a bit of a health scare, so I'm like, okay, I better eat healthy, because if I eat super healthy, then I'll be all better, Um, and I'm really, really loving the outcome, so, yeah. And I have to say, I've never seen you happier, and I know you struggle with your weight, and there's been times you're like, I'm going to go do this diet now, and I've just kind of shrugged and been like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, not to say I don't have faith in you, just because I've seen you try so many times and not been able to pull it off. But this time around, something seems very different. It seems like something's yeah. really clicked in you. Yeah, it feels really good. And it's like, oh, I'm hungry? Eat something. Oh, wait, I'm not really hungry anymore? Then just stop eating. Or And there's something about You're having drinking a lot of plates. green slimes. I am, I but it tastes good, and I like it. And I'm like, ooh, I wonder just how green I can get this. Like, I don't know. It's, it's had a lot of fun. You're like Rob Lowe's character on Parks and Rec. Yes! Oh my God, I would love to be Chris Chager. Like that would be like, well, maybe not quite because he took a lot of vitamins. But yes, if I could have half of the energy of Chris Chager, then that would be just amazing. You are very zen. And he's got about (laughs) 10 years on his character because I think he was about 42 when he started on that show, his character. There you go. So there you go. All righty, let's get Fern in here. And let me introduce a girl who has been plagued this summer with bad weather, sore throats, ridiculous drama, and empty vodka bottles. Fern, the strep-throated voice. Hard. Oh, my God, yeah. The 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 health that Dee is experiencing right now, I think, um, I, think like I got the back health. end of that. Yeah, I'm the antithesis to Dee right now. Um, let me Let me tell you, this week... I involuntarily participated in the host a strep bacteria family program. And one of the perks of this program is the mandatory gift of a set of golf balls to go in your throat where your glands used to be. And so that was fun. But thanks to my vowel diet of ibuprofen, antibiotics, and now energy from D, things are much better. They're the size of little marbles. Um, it is getting better, but dude, I was laid out for two days and I oh. never go to the doctor, but day two, I was like, I'm going, I couldn't swallow water. Not also that. I've known you for, oh my God, it's almost 20 years since 2000 and it yeah. takes a freaking freight train to put you down. You could lose a leg and be like, oh, well, I, you know, I could garden with a peg leg. It doesn't right. matter, but you have been <laughs> yeah. out of commission for two days and I don't think I've ever seen you bedridden for two days. 
I, you know, I haven't been this sick in a very, 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 it's been probably 15 years and it was the last time I had strep. First of all, I am an infant when I'm sick. I whine, I cry, I beg, I plead. I, I'm like the gremlins trying to, you know, the mugwai trying to get fed after midnight and please give me water. Like, it is bad. But it was just day two. Day two, I said, I'm going to the doctor, and I never go to the doctor, ever. It was, it was rugged. I bet. But I'm better. It's good. Uh, we're glad to hear you're better. Hey, I can hear your voice now before you sounded like my third grade gym teacher. All grovelly uh, <laughs> and stuff, so. Right? Yeah. The sinuses make me sound like B. Arthur. The strep makes me, I, I don't even know. It's incomprehensible. Hey, hey, it's hey, hey. Don't start bagging on B. Arthur now. She's, <laughs> the Golden Girls are one of my favorites. Dude, she's a funny woman. Yeah, him and is. her and him. Her and um, Betty White. Love some Betty White. Yes. Right, oh, yeah. Tell us where everybody can find us on the interwebs. Of course, we can always be found on tincan.media. That's super easy. Just www.tincan.media and push enter and poof, you're there. Also, if you have the castbox.fm app, we can be found with our Kettle of Fish and Musical Osmosis shows, as well as iTunes. So you can have us wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And actually, today's guest has inspired me after years. About a year ago, my daughter took a picture of me and said, there, Daddy, you have an Instagram account now. And I never used it. But today's guest has such a great Instagram account that he actually inspired me to start doing my own Instagram. And I kind of ripped off his style because I'm doing it in the same vein that he is. So let's get today's guest and our good pal, William Sanderson, in here. William, what's going on? Oh, just enjoying the intro, and um, I also enjoyed those photos I've seen that you put up on Instagram. Yeah, thank you. Um, I know about four months ago, your wife Sharon had put an Instagram up of you guys, and um, I was just amazed at how you were putting, she was putting different stuff up from different years and different projects, and I was like, oh man, this is amazing. I'm going to have to start doing that myself. I love your Instagram page. Well, thank you, but without her and without you, I, I might as well uh, give up because thank you so much. You and uh, we're, uh, we're talking about Facebook now, but uh, you and uh, everybody, Dee, uh, your friends, your followers, your listeners, uh, can they hear me? Thank you very much for liking it or following the Facebook. Aww. But check out Nick's, but don't forget William Sanderson. Oh, no, no one can forget <laughs> William Sanderson. And, you know, you segued into a great point. About four months ago, after you put up that Instagram, Sharon had asked me to share it, and I started talking with her, and one thing led to another, and we started a Facebook page for you, and it's just had an amazing amount of interaction and love coming from all the fans. How do you feel now that you're on social media? Because I know you weren't on social media for the longest time, and now you have a, what the kids call, social media presence. How's it well, feel to have a social media presence now? Well, uh, I'm honored, but you know it's all related to the book, which some of your listeners may not know how long it takes to get one done, but uh, or if if it does. But we have an agent now, and I believe in him. And I don't know if the last time I jumped to another thing. How does it feel? It feels funny. Uh, I came here to retire, you know, 
but then I started on the book, a memoir, and we're doing what uh, our agent said, that publishers like to see that sort of thing. And, uh, hey, I uh, just trying to do everything we can to find the right offer. We were you offer. surprised? We're looking for the best one. We're looking for the best one. What? Were you surprised by the amount of um, interaction and just the hardcore fan base you still have out there? Because people absolutely love you, William. Well, not everyone. As a famous actress in Hollywood, Dee Wallace, I think, E.T., she said, depends on who you talk to. But thank you for saying that. I, uh, uh, I love it when people remember something and say nice things. But uh, you never know. We're set up to, uh, you can't make everybody love you. Just go on with your dream, and uh, that's the way it is. Well, I think one good thing the page has done, too, and then we'll move on to the next thing. But the thing that I like the most about the page is it has showcased some stuff that usually wouldn't be on people's radar, like Beyond the Wall of Sleep or something that I personally never heard of until I started working on your page and love Maximum Bob. And I was like, man, William has such range and been uh, he has been involved in so many great projects. And it's not just all, you know, Larry or True Blood or Blade Runner or Deadwood. There's yeah. so much stuff out there. And I'm, it's just great we can get all the other stuff out to the fans, too. Well, I thank you. Uh, Beyond Wall Sleep was based on a great writer's book, uh, himself but beyond the wall of sleep was a very amateurish production but hp lovecraft kind of attracted me but we take i took unlike harrison ford i took almost everything you had to support a family there's different reasons i'd go to i take one because it's in tennessee and i can visit my cousin or because i'm afraid i'll not get another film and you just take them for a lot of reasons harrison ford held out and would be very choosy till he built his career. Now, you can choose which one might be best for you, but I just love acting. It's not about money. It's not about money. But and that definitely shows through your work. Right, yes. I said that definitely shows through your work, too. That's not about the money. It's Thank about you. the art and the craft. And speaking of um, Tennessee, we've got a fan question here from Vicki Hopper-Redden. How often do you get back to Tennessee for a visit? Does Memphis does Memphis lure you back with its barbecue and or blues? When I am there, I do try to get barbecue. But to answer her question, not enough. You know, uh, I did have the honor of University of Memphis, which was called Memphis State when I went, gave me a Distinguished Alumni Alumnus Award, and so. But I don't get to go enough. My parents passed away, and they they used to live in Memphis. But I thank her for asking. I miss them. I talk to friends sometimes, especially the law school friends, uh, to refresh anybody's memory. I graduated from law school, never took the bar when my life took a wrong turn and I moved to New York to do plays for no money. Right, right. But uh, thank her for her question. Uh, uh, the answer is not enough. You know, I was told we're moving to Pennsylvania, where my wife's family lives, and 
I was happy to go. I don't want to live anywhere when I'm not near her. Ha, we are on the same wavelength because I actually have a question for you involving Pennsylvania. Because over the last few months, I've gotten to know you on a more personal level. And I was thinking about Pennsylvania and where you live. And you don't live in a huge metropolis. You're not in Chicago or New York or L.A. And this never occurred to me before. But you being in the area of Pennsylvania you are, do you get recognized a lot when you're out and about? And how is your community kind of reacting to having a legendary actor among their midst? I'm guessing there's probably not a lot of actors out there. I don't know how legendary I am. If you live long enough, you have a better shot at that. But uh, thank you. I don't know. They recognize the voice, and I try not to think about that. When people have written some nice articles came out, and uh, but uh, I once had a writer come here 12 years ago when we first bought this house, 14 or so, and he was expecting a mansion, and. Uh, it wasn't. In fact, it wasn't even much furniture or anything, and he wrote something. But I, I just love I love being here. I love the people. And uh, uh, one cynical writer in Toronto, Canada, the headline said, New Hearts Larry buys cheap digs, but we love it. You know, wow. We have a swimming pool, and uh, it's a nice neighborhood, and it's not about uh, – I've had homes and condos and things. And we have some rentals, so we're doing all right. We're eating very well. I bet. Um, let me ask you something else, because I know I when I go to Baltimore every time, I'm like, especially if I have a few beers in me, I'm like, we should go find John Waters and knock on his door. Has any fans ever knocked on your door and been like, hi, I just wanted to meet you, Mr. Sanderson? Oh, some strange things happen. I don't know. They have one ring a bell at 2 in the morning, but... Uh, it's not like Elvis when I was a kid. He had to move from his first home because there was no fence, and they'd come right up to his house. Uh, it, it's um, it's pretty pretty calm. Uh, I I I go to eat with friends and in-laws, and one introduced me to someone at the bar and said, "This is so," and then she didn't believe me. Most of them don't believe you. Really? If, if you start a conversation, well, the show was on years ago, and a lot of some don't, they just don't believe. Some don't care. There might be this. I was warned by a manager years ago. He said, You're going to go down there. I was very hot. I had a lot of stuff going. He said, They'll say, uh, We love you on this show or that. And another one will say, Well, I've lived here my whole life. Why should I kowtow to you? <laughs> so you get ready for either one. But all in all, it's been a good experience, right? Oh, my goodness, yeah. It's, um, you know, uh, I I didn't want to stay too long at the party out there. There's a lot of mess, and and maybe my timing was, our timing was pretty good. There's a certain, I I don't know, uh, political correctness, and Lord knows I'm not politically correct at times, but I'm working on it. Fair enough, Fern. I haven't heard much from you. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm I'm sitting here listening and you Not know talking about. I'm, I'm sorry. No, oh no, you're you're totally fine. But I'm sitting here listening and I'm thinking, you know, I have met some very pretentious people in my life. People who absolutely have no right to be pretentious just because they have more than somebody else does. And your body of work is so amazing, and your life is so amazing, and you are one of the most humble, down to earth 
easygoing, easy to talk to people on this planet. I'm not going to lie. When we first had you on, I was as nervous as a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs because just I was so awestruck. But you make people feel very comfortable. And I have to imagine that your community is so very comfortable with that because you, you do not have that air of pretentiousness about you. And that's one thing that I love about you on top of your body of work. But I think that's highly important. And I think that's important for anyone listening to remember is to, you know, we are all just people and you embody kindness and humility and just, just enjoying your life. And I I just want to thank you for that because that is, that is a gift that you give to the world in of itself. Well, you know, again, it depends on who you talk to, but a lot of people who get the success and they lose the line between what's written about them and their their real selves, and it's easy to do. You said some very nice things just then, but uh, I I don't know. Just uh, I just thank you for saying that. I I try, but you know. Actors are egotists and painters and musicians and things, so I I think you have to have that or a need to express yourself somehow, and I I feel very, very lucky to have survived this long. All right, so what I want to do here is I want to take a couple um, fan questions from the page, and then I want to move on to some of your projects you've got coming up. Actually, Danielle's mother had left a question and it says, what, Danielle's mother, Stephanie, it says, what role was the most meaningful to you in your career? Kind of a broad question, but if you have some, some way uh, to quantify that. That's a great that. question. I thank you. I, I've heard it before and probably say something different every time. One comes to mind, uh, the science cult uh, film Blade Runner, because I was playing, and a lot of roles were, they're a bit of an idiot, you know, especially before Blade Runner. But after Blade Runner, who was a, he's a genius type, uh, genetic engineer. And uh, so after that, I think casting people in Hollywood thought, well, he can play something besides a reprobate or a prisoner that was in Huntsville, prison in Texas, you know, bad guys. So that one, Newhart, though, ran a long time. It generated books on tape, cartoons, commercials, voices. Wow. Uh, that, if you look at it that way, but even Blade Runner generated cartoons and stuff. But, uh, thank her for her question, please. Uh, uh, you know, I, I hope I answered it. I'm so long-winded. Or oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure anyone will be delighted from your answers, William. These are all coming straight from the fans. Here's another one from Bruce Cashman. Wow, he really knows a lot about your career. Um, you starred on the Knight Rider episode, Trust Doesn't Rust, as a crook who helps activate Kit's evil rival, Carr. What was that experience like? Did you have much interaction with David the Hoff Hasselhoff? They know a lot about you, William. Oh, well, thank him for remembering uh, Bruce, right? Thank you for remembering. I... Uh... Didn't have a lot of scenes with him. I liked him. Is uh, he was a lot of fun. We shot it near San Pedro, and I played a drunk. I could talk to you for thirty minutes about 
uh, certain things. He was called Rev. He didn't really have a church. His congregation was in his mind, but it was fun. And I, when uh, we finished on Friday, when wrapped, uh, I heard a crew member say, "Oh, he's off. David's off to open a shopping center and get five thousand. So he uh, now it would be ten or fifteen thousand, but. He was very hot, and uh, I like him. He's very talented. He gave me a picture of the car and him, and I probably still have it. <laughs> Fern, did you know um, April, our dear friend April, she's actually David Hasselhoff's distant cousin. He used to send her like <gasps> pictures and stuff all the time for Christmas. Oh, right. I did not know that. And you know, every time I hear David Hasselhoff's name, I think of two things. Number one, Germans love David Hasselhoff. Oh, and number yeah. two, I remember him in the SpongeBob movie. For some reason, that always pops into my head because I thought it was so funny and just, it was just a fun thing. And it, he always seems to be like, you know, a fun guy. So yeah. they, they, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I had no idea about April. And, that, and honestly, until I read that question on your fan page, which it was a great question, I did not know you were in that Knight Rider episode. So that is... That is edification for me, which, you know, was, was great. William's done so much. You would have to take, like, a college three-credit class to get down all of William's stuff. I'm still learning stuff about your career, William, and I've been pretty actively digging in and posting everything I can on the fan page. You have you just have such an amazing body of work. Uh, I'll tell you about that show another time if you're still talking to me a year from now. Because <laughs> Fair one, enough. One woman on the show uh, actually thought I was drunk. I had a prop brown bag with some iced tea in it, warming up, just relaxing, and she went about causing some uh, rumors that were totally crazy, but at another time, I don't want to waste your whole... Did you end up in the National Enquirer? Uh, it was just... I, I almost need a therapist to get it off my chest, <laughs> but... Save All right, we'll if- save that for another episode. Because right. we got to talk about the stuff the fans really want to hear. The big reveal this past week on your page was you res- recently returned from Canada, where you were on the set of one of me and D's favorite shows right now, American Gods on Stars. I'm not sure how much you could talk about, and we actually had another fan ask um, about it, and they said, you know, if you can't reveal a lot, let me find them right here. Michael D, because I'll butcher his last name. Um, what part might you be in an American Gods? I know it may be confidential, so no worries if you can't answer. I am so excited to see you in season two. So the fans well, know. What can you tell us about American Gods? Well, I like the show, and I hadn't seen every episode, but I saw one, I believe it was called Come to Jesus. I really love the actors, uh, especially Ricky Whittle and Ian McShane. Without Ian, I wouldn't have had the show uh, I believe he uh, requested me or something. But let me get the most important words out. They had me sign, and Sharon was there. Do not uh, non-disclosure things. Of course. They wanted wanted (laughs) every piece of paper that we got back. She saw me starting to put some, because you get new lines all the time. I had a small part. That's the most important thing. But they... uh, but I liked the vacation in Toronto. I started putting them in the trash can, and she said, oh, you better give them back, you know. Uh, 
they're very secretive, but the writing is great, you know, uh, the conflict between the old gods and the new gods, but I can't even say what I did. I'm trembling inside because the stars are so busy. They can't promote right now. If a, if a guest goes out and talks to the press or someone says the wrong thing, it just looks really bad. Uh, so I just did Ricky Whittle, the lead along with Ian McShane and a lot of other wonderful actors, couldn't have been nicer. He's very charismatic. Seen, he's from England as the writer, Neil Gaiman, based on the book. You all know more about it than I do. But uh, I hope I live long enough to see it. It comes out in 2019, I'm told, and they're about halfway through this season. I'm bordering on talking too much. Well, you know, Neil Gaiman has an incredibly dedicated fan base, and that show, that which of course is from the graphic novels and comic book, has an extremely dedicated fan base. So even if you told us the name of the character, everybody would know where the show is going next season. So I suspect that's why it's so tight-lipped. Well, and it doesn't really matter, because I've seen a few bits and pieces of video and commercials and just pictures off the set, and I know exactly where they're going next season, and I can't wait. Yeah, don't reveal it. No spoilers, Steve. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy that you all know the show. They're very famous for their visual effects and were nominated by for numerous awards, including Ian McShane, who I love. On Deadwood, we had a love-hate relationship, but it's going to get messed up if he keeps giving me jobs. Ah. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't a big job, but Sharon and I got to share it and eat in some fancy places, and she didn't have to cook. And so I wish I could say more. I'm, I'm trying to think of something uh Oh, yeah, I don't uh, want to get you in trouble, William. So yeah, well, somebody somebody might say something accidentally that I was babbling, and uh, I'm I'm a small part, but I was happy to go and do it. And uh, I always use that tired phrase: "I kept the money." <laughs> well, the fans cannot be happier. They have been totally always asking me what's William got coming up I'll put up a suggestion box type post once in a while what's William getting ready to do and I'm like I know I know you're excited we have to keep some of this stuff tight lipped we'll get the information out as we can I think the thing that I get asked the most about and not just on the page friends who know that I'm working with you on this Facebook page also constantly ask me What's going on with the Deadwood movie? There's so much gossip online, so much misinformation. Um, Nicholas Amados, who I believe played a bartender on the show, also asked on your page, what's going on with the Deadwood movie? What's the latest? Can you give us any information on that? I can tell you the latest. I mean, I think I told you last time I was on the show, they called, the HBO called the agents months ago and said, keep October middle to... December, six, seven weeks free. Now, they called again recently, but my uh, spy, who's a series regular on the show, said they've started building the set. So, uh, you I, you never know until you're there. People, we Two people have passed away on the show, and I... Uh, and who was that, if you don't mind me asking? Who's passed away? Powers Booth. Uh, was a main villain besides Swearingen or Ian McShane 
And then my uh, whipping boy was, he. we were both buffoons. I was the mayor officially and ran the hotel. And I had a cook that I berated all the time. So Ian McShane, the lead, would berate me and harass me, and I'd go back to my hotel and berate him. They were both wonderful actors, and Powers Booth was uh, great in this Jim. He played Jim Jones, that that mass murderer uh, who poisoned everybody and, uh, many years ago. He won an Emmy Award, but and uh, so... I don't want to be the next one. Bless those guys' hearts. You know? I have a feeling you're going to be around for quite a long time, William. Well, you've got but, a great uh, energy those to you. Questions. It, it's really hard for you if you have them. No, nothing new. You do a great job. I'm basically at, at best semi-retired, and but I think I saw one question from a person saying something about uh, what's your dream job or something and. All the questions I love, but yeah, that, that would one, be Bruce Cashman. He said, "In the near future, what would be your dream role?" Uh, he had more than one, so I hope we get that lady who or somebody. Hey, uh, thank you, Bruce. Uh, the dream role would be to do, do Deadwood. I think we owe the fans that, and uh, I love the cast, the writing, and uh, we'll see. That's that's the dream one. Not, well, I not know any. nothing's a hundred percent in Hollywood, but if they're building the sets, you can probably safely say this is going to happen, right? Well, I can safely say the book's going to happen, but you don't know till it's published. And you can say, I wanted to say when Fern was speaking uh, earlier, we're all going the same place. I think she was talking about humility, <laughs> and uh, I don't know where I pulled that out of as a non sequitur to what you're saying. You just never know. They fully intend to do the show, but you've got some stars in there that make a lot of money, and they may not feel that they have to go back. Well, you know? speaking of Fern, and I know everybody wants to see this, Fern had strep throat the last few days, as we were talking about in the intro, and Fern, you actually went on a Deadwood, because you hadn't watched it before, a Deadwood binge-watching right. fest while you were okay. in bed. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, when she was yes, sick? Oh. absolutely. Yeah, I was like, you know what, I can still work while I'm sick. And this is a show that has been on my radar long before Tin Can Media, long before I even started podcasting with Nick and Dee. And this is just something that I was like, man, I have to watch this show. And I just have never gotten to it. Um, and well, I was you. like, thank yes, you. I want to start watching this show. And, and, you are, first of all, brilliant. I'm only six episodes into the first season, so I'm full disclosure. Um, but E.B. Farnham is just, my God. That it is fun. so fantastic. Uh, I Thank could you. tell you were having fun. And some of the things that you did with him I were so, it is just so unique to anything else I've ever seen. And I was like, this is brilliant. You know, right. and to my head's getting bigger, but that's the writing <laughs> and the actors, actors that we worked with from all over the place. You know. But, you know, you can take a nice steak and bring it home. It's how you cook it that makes the difference. So yeah. you you definitely bring something to every single role that is very, very unique. Amen and what you that. were saying about we go to the same place. My mom always says, you know, I'm not going out with anything more than I came in with. And uh -huh. I think that. 
you know, you bring that sense of humility and humor and just love of life. And it, it, it was just fantastic to watch. And I'm hooked. I totally binge watched six episodes in between naps. I'm full well, disclosure, but, <laughs> but it was oh, great. I, I loved it. By the way, Fern, 12 I years ago, say... 12 years ago. So people in Canada, a lot of them youngsters I was working with, they haven't seen it. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Now I was just going to tell Fern, I always say I'm going to be leaving this world the way I came in, kicking and screaming and covered in goo. <laughs> I'm, that's, that's how true. I plan on going out the same way I came in alright let's get to a couple fan questions I know um, let's talk about the book first because there, there were a couple people Lisa McKenney Jackson who was actually our last winner and the fabulous caption contest on your page asked if there was any news on the publication of your book I know you alluded to it a little bit. Where are you at with the book? Have you got a publication date yet? Or are you still kind of working out the no, details? No, no. And that and people ask all the time, when is your book? When will I be able to read your book? And I think my better half said, when we get a publication date. I don't know if when I talked to you before that I had a literary agent. Uh, I don't. I think, think so. you had just gotten one. That was in December. Well, that that's a big deal for me. I'm trusting him and. I'd never written a book before. I had no idea how long it takes. So it's uh, it's exhausting, being, isn't it? I always hear uh, how exhausting. Yeah, but it's the it never stops, really. I mean, that's why we put Facebook, Instagram, because the publishers want to see that. And so I thank any of your friends that have uh, followed us or liked us. Uh, but it's. Uh, it's 50-50 when you go with a character actor like this. I told, I think I said before, Tom Hanks has no problem, or uh, probably Bradley, that actor I like that's doing in uh, A Star is Born. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a character actor, just a journeyman character actor, and, but we traced my childhood, which was, I think, interested in... Uh, the struggle in New York was uh, pretty bizarre, and then surviving Hollywood, which I made a lot of mistakes, and I I hope uh, people get to read about it. But you're but a captivating a guy. A lot of second chances. You are a captivating guy. You're somebody who people automatically want to know more about. You just have that charisma, and you know every time you come on the show, you're able to share so much wisdom, and you have different quotes. In fact, you do your Saturday, you know, your Sanderson Saturday quotes on the page. People want to know more about you, so I think people are going to go absolutely insane when your book finally comes out. Uh, well. Uh, so it, it, even if it came out, you still have to promote. So you know, stamina, stamina is a big thing. I hope I can stay, uh, stay healthy, because you, you watch great actors and um, they're they're full of energy. And I'm an elderly man. Thank you though. Thank you for the kind words. But you hear that all the time with successful people and people who are working, and you know they say it's all about the grind. And that's the one thing that I see with you is it's just grind, grind, grind. I'm just going to put this out. I'm going to put this out. I'm going to put this out. You are, and and like you said, it's it's not the money. It's the love of the art. And I think that really comes through in your body of work com- completely. Well, and will come were, through with the book too. There, there were. I hope so. But there were years where I did that, and Nick can tell the listeners more than I get a lot of help from my wife and. 
I wasn't even sober hardly till I met her, and so I couldn't remember. Everything that happened from the late 80s on, she was there, and she remembered. I don't know why I'm saying that, uh, but I, I get discouraged, and, and Sharon once said, uh, <clears throat> someone always helped you. Well, not also that, when you think about it. I know we got to get you did. out of here in a couple minutes, but just to put some perspective on this, a hundred years from now, people are going to be watching Deadwood, William Sanderson, watching your work, Blade Runner, whatever, on probably holograms or virtual reality implants in their eyeballs or whatever in a hundred years. There is a legacy there that at the end of the day, you have to kind of be able to smile and go, I am sewn into the cultural fabric forever. A hundred years from now, people are going to be interested in my work. And that's a powerful thing, I think. You know, thank you. I uh, I achieved my dreams, but I've seen a African American come off at halftime basketball court, and the reporter stuck a mic and said, "You were so great in that this and that." And he said, "I can do better." <laughs> and I I thought, well, that's rude. Just say thank you. But you always think about the one you missed, or I I could have done better. You know. Right. So did that make any sense? What I said. It eats Absolutely. at you. It well, eats I mean, and I'm the same way. I'm never satisfied. I think there's something to be said for never being satisfied. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm also appreciative, as long as you've got a good balance of being appreciative for what you have, truly appreciative, not just, you know, saying words. And you want to keep pushing because you're like, I haven't made it to where I want to make it yet. I think that's what keep that balance is what keeps people going. You put in much more effort than I, and with uh, many long hours, and I admire it, and a uh, little jealous that I can't probably do what we did when we were younger, but uh, uh, I I'm got the job, and uh, I had fun in Canada, so that helped. All right, let me get Fern in here, and then I want to do maybe one or two more questions from the fans and get you out of here. Fern. Well, just on that, I think I think that complacency kills. And I think that, like Nick said, there is a balance to be had. There's something to be said for constantly striving to want to do more, express yourself more, be a better person. And I, I believe that transcends um, art and into humanity and just Thank trying you. to yes. react a different way, um, be, behave in a, in a better way, learn from your mistakes, um, take your last art project and say, you know what, that was good, but I want to do something different. And putting your emotion and your feelings and your humanity into things instead of constantly using your brain. And that balance, striking that balance just globally as, as a species is highly important, but really definitely shows in, again, your body of work, the progression and constantly striving for something different, something better, something new and being able to express yourself artistically. I think it's fantastic and the lessons can be learned and applied in a broad spectrum. Yeah, you're pretty eloquent or articulate with that, you know. The one thing about that helps keep me humble is you're only as good as your next film. So, uh, no, you know, we talk about things we did in the past, but, oh, it's a little like the great baseball player for the Washington Nationals. He said, uh, what have you done for me lately? If he has a slump and he's used to hitting 350, they want to see something, man. 
if I don't know, they want to see you do well. But, but we sure. also love a comeback, right? So it's also okay uh, to do. go away for a little while and then have a comeback. I think that makes you even more relevant. I'm satisfied, I'm satisfied with survival. I know I said that to you before, Keith Richards. It's just <laughs> I'm glad to be anywhere, he said. All right, let's do two more fan questions and get you out of here. Because I've, I've got to ask you this fan question because I thought it was such a great one from Frankie V. How does an actor face the ongoing competition for roles? Is Hollywood as cutthroat as like all the e-Hollywood stories would make you believe? Or is there just plenty of work for everyone because there's just so much content out there? Well, I do write about that, and we have finished the manuscript, and I talk about that. But I'll tell her, uh, I have four-leaf clovers and horseshoes and rabbit's feet. And uh, I'll even pray. Help me. You know, they ask an actor, what does he, what's the difference between working a lot or not working? He said, well, I pray more. I don't know how to answer her question except faith, too. Faith is hard. Uh, faith is a gift. If you don't have faith, uh, that you can persevere and succeed, uh, I don't know. That's part of it, if I answered her question. Uh, but out in L.A., it is a little rough. They're often rivals. I'm sure I'm repeating myself from one of your other great podcasts. Uh, rivals instead of friends. And I don't want to get into negative. I've met much more people that are positive and good. But some want you to fail. That's all I can say. And some want you to die. They don't want you to fail. They want you to die. Oh how's wow! That, how's that? But uh, yeah. if if wow. you have a a very famous producer, Bernie Brillstein, said if somebody doesn't want to kill you, you haven't succeeded. So I'm working on it. <laughs> Ooh, Fern, I must have succeeded then because I've got a bunch of haters. Uh, well, you you have more than your fair share, by the way. <laughs> yeah, an unreasonable amount. All right, let me get to this question from Erica's Alexandra, because I think this is an important question. I got to tell you, though, they're jealous of your intros, and you call them rants. They're pretty powerful. Go oh, ahead. yeah, my political What's the question? What's the um, question? Well, and this is important, too, because you do a lot of great stuff that kind of flies under the radar, and I think uh, there should be a lot more focus on it. And I love this question. What was it like in Gods in General, another great role of yours? Um, were there different or unforeseen events, or I'm sorry, difficult or unforeseen events? And did you have to research a lot for the role? Well, I read what I could, uh, given the time they give me the script. And I loved A.P. Hill, who went uh, general, who uh, went to West Point, and there's a post, a base named after him in the South. But I. My brother-in-law is head of the SWAT team here for years. They call it CERT. And this has happened near uh, 9-11. And we were still, we were shooting. And he, he told someone, if he needs me, because stuff was happening. He said, I'll send a helicopter. Wow. We're, only, we're not that far away, but that's a very sweet thing. But wow. I had fun on that movie. We had a guy testing us on horses, and he ran galloped straight toward me. And I, I learned to ride a horse in the movie. So when they asked me, can you ride, I said, I'll ride a little. But I pulled back on the reins, and I passed his test. He said, he can ride. God, I can tell her too many stories. I'm too wound up. 
but the, the sad thing, and there's always something frustrating, they were going to do another movie named uh, Last Full Measure, and A.P. Hill, the character I played, was much more uh, significant or substantial, but they didn't didn't make it. Can I tell one quick story? Yeah, absolutely. You, you have can time. hang uh, around I, as long as you want, William. We have a, a, a cocky stuntman, stunt coordinator, and we were shooting at night, and the stunt men were laying around, lying on the ground, having been shot, and I said to him, uh, I don't want to run over these guys, and he said, F them, they get paid to get run over. So they have a different perspective. Stunt oh, men. man, I cannot wait to read your book. The book it's uh, got cool stories um, like that. You know, I didn't, again, I didn't do much, but I had six trips back and forth, and Robert Duvall was sitting right there on a horse by me, second time I'd worked with him. So there are they're, they're perks. But that, that has a huge money, fan base. As Fern said. That has a huge fan base. Same with Lonesome Dove. I'm constantly getting um, questions on the fan page about Lonesome Dove. And I think everybody thinks Larry and True Blood and Deadwood. But Lonesome Dove was also a big deal for you, too. Uh, yes, Lonesome Dove was a gift from God. Uh, I'll tell you a story. I, it's easy when you all say nice things about me to get a swelled head, but... I talked to a producer. I've known him, did two or three jobs for him. He wrote uh, The Perfect Storm. He wrote a big movie with Brad Pitt. And he wrote the screenplay for Lonesome Dove. And I was talking to him, if this book's published, how about a blurb? And he said, ah, oh, everybody's writing a book. Everybody's got a book. And he's right. And I didn't send him the manuscript. But, you know, I, I told that so... I believe if uh, Robert Duvall called him and said, would you give me a blurb, he probably would. But they, this guy's my friend, and uh, but he still thinks that I made up the book in my mind. <laughs> that is so amazing. All right, let's a, lot of people, a lot of people ask him for favors, so that's okay. Let's finish up with this, because this is something I actually want to know, too. Um, last fan question here. Michael Worthman. Did you interact with Steve Campman much? And this, of course, is on Newhart. He played Kirk during his short time on the show. I wouldn't say short time. I think he was on there three seasons, right? I think it was two. But, Michael, uh, thank you, Michael. Uh, Stephen, I liked a lot. One day, he, I think he was a, an episode he was going to get married, and he said to the producers, why don't we bring Larry Daryl and Daryl in? And I thought that was pretty sweet. He... Uh, uh, and then later they said that Larry Daryl and Daryl took over his cafe. So you could say that was not uh, ideal for him, but I remember him as a, a nice guy to work with, and I liked him. I actually love that episode. I've replaced people, and I've been replaced. I prefer to replace people. I love that episode where they bring him in on a dolly because he keeps feigning during the vows. I thought yeah. that was brilliant. Um, all right, let's finish up with um, Fern, because we've got to get William out of here. Well, uh, you can yeah. see I just get longer-winded. Thank you. No, that is so fantastic. That is, I always love talking to you, Yeah, William, I don't think I the fans that... are going to get tired of hearing from you. No, 
Never, never. And I know this is off topic. I know this is very different from talking about your body of work, um, you know, acting, writing, all that stuff. But I, I do want to say one thing I've noticed about you is how you are and how you speak about your wife. And I, I wanted to tell you that I have a deep appreciation for that. Um, Kenny wrote something the other day, and he said, stop looking for happiness. Find peace, and you'll find happiness. And the way you speak about her and your relationship, it seems like she is your peace and really is that rock for you. And I just wanted to tell you that just in interviews, even though it has been brief, the way you speak about her and the relationship that you have, I really admire that. And I wanted to thank you for sharing that with people because it's highly important to have your work, but it's also highly important to have your rock. And I think that is such a completion of everything William Sanderson that it's just a beautiful thing. So I wanted to thank you for that. Well, I've, I've done it alone. I prefer to do it like this. Yeah, and I love working with Sharon. I talk to Sharon almost every day, and she is amazing. And I'm always kind of floored by the back and forth because I just feel like I'm talking to someone I grew up with. I don't feel like... Oh, wow. I'm t- like When I talk with you and Sharon, it's not like I'm talking with somebody I grew up watching with, like on TV. It's like I'm talking to old friends. And Sharon she's, makes she's it very real. easy. She's very real. But there's a word out. It's dangerous. Uxorious. Or, it's spelled U-X-O-R-I-O-U-S. I hope I don't talk too much about her because I sound like a pimp, you know? I love my No, wife. not at all. No, it's I mean, perfect. It is absolutely perfect. Don't you ever worry a, about that. It is beautiful. Very famous uh, author said, you're all right if somebody loves you. Yeah, and I think, um, Dee, you do the same thing in our relationship. I think me and you have a similar relationship to William and Sharon. Sounds because like I could goals. not do what I do without Dee. She is my rock, and she is totally happy with running all the stuff in the background so I can go out there and do what I love to do. And I don't no, think... Exactly. Yeah, it's unselfish. Money. Unselfish. But uh, she went to Branson with you, didn't she? Oh, yeah. That was fun. Oh, yeah, she goes everywhere with me. I don't leave the house without me. I'd get uh, lost and end up in a ditch. That's Yeah, true. my friend said the same thing. He's, uh, very sp- he's uh, operated on more uh, professional athletes than any spinal surgeon in the world. And he said, I don't go anywhere without my wife. I am the same way. All right, that's a positive place to end. William, I want to thank you, of course, once again for calling in. We always love having you on. I know the fans are just loving everything that happens on the page. I guess, where can we find you online? Of course, we can find you at the official William Sanderson fan page on Facebook. On Instagram, it's actor underscore William underscore Sanderson. And, you know, I I wrote Sharon and told her this, and I got to tell this on air, too. I absolutely love the revamped William Sanderson webpage at williamsanderson.net. I don't know who's doing that, but it is so amazing. That's another person that helped me, a producer in Hollywood named Bill Smith, who just uh, burned out and went to New Hampshire and built a new business. But uh, as Sharon, somebody always helped me, but... I'm still cynical and sometimes angry and say, well, you know, this and that. But I fight it. (laughs) I mean, we all have to fight it, though. We all do, yeah. He has to tell you, I'll spiral. That's the word she'll use. And I could be Mm -hmm. having a great day 
walking around, smile on my face, and one person will throw some hate or negativity or what the kids call now shade at me, and I will spiral into this emo hole and just be like, why am I doing this? Why am I giving so much for nothing? Uh, and I'll just mm-hmm. totally get yeah. like self-absorbed with myself. And D has to pull me out of it. And Fern, I mean, of course, Fern, yeah. I've called so many days and been like, I'm having a day, and my phrase is, talk me off the ledge. Yep. Well, how many yep. uh, podcasts have you done? Almost 400. Uh, congratulations. I think, you'd on the, I think you're on the way. And <laughs> I've interviewed trip. over 300 people, believe it or not. Over 1,000 uh, hours. Was I the most long-winded? Actually, um, I don't think you're long-winded at all. Uh, a better no, long. Yeah, we've had that's called guests. fishing. I'm I'm fishing one actress <laughs> who's got a series right now on the air. I love her. She, she said you're fishing. But Bob Newhart I says think... if you pay somebody a compliment and they say, "Oh no, I made the mistake here." You get two compliments. No, you're <laughs> really good. So I, I you're right in that zone. You are between talk too little and talk too much. You are right in that zone, and not only that. Just listening to you, people want to hear more. And, and, and Fern that's a, can that's tell a gift. you too. We've had people. We've had to like get the crowbar and pry open the crypt to get stuff out of. And I don't. <laughs> and I don't enjoy those interviews where I'll ask somebody this poignant question. I've spent a week crafting, and they'll give me a one-word answer, and I'll be like, "Okay, that went under." Yeah, I would much rather talk with someone like you who has a lot to say, William. We enjoy them all. It's just that some of them are more work than others. You are not work at all. This is just Thank fun, you. happy, you, great. You it's do, awesome. And, uh, but uh, when you get to a certain point, all you have is your memories. So I got a lot of them. Okay. And I'm looking forward to reading the book. All right, we'll let you get out of here, William. Once again, thank you, and we will catch up with you on the page, of course. All righty. And uh, have a great uh, evening. Take care. You too. Alright. We're going to get out of here, guys. Um, Fern, should we reveal... Let's save it. We'll save... We've got another kettle of fish coming up this month, so we'll save what we've got going yeah, on. Let's, since the yep, let's get everything tamped down and then then give the big reveal. Yeah, so um, it's like the magician. Let's come back here in two weeks and we've got a big reveal for you guys. D, are you ready to get us out of here? Got the world, boys, it's how you make it You have the choice now, you wouldn't take it You'll lose your only the best for you And the years of my life someday was so good But now and again, if you are worth a cow When I hold in my soul, it's time to throw these tears Well, I don't see you that way, away, away What happened today? The dancing ones, they really mean it And something more, something's gonna change Away, away, you gotta be safe But how do they know when you've never seen it And what will you do when they forget your name When you're up again as a word Face. I know when I should live in disgrace Not dig up the dead wood I knew this place was never the place for me And all the years that rolled by Your soul was so good But now I know that you were the guy With the holes in your soul It's time to spoil these years No, you can't see it that way Away, away, what happened today? The dancing wolves, they really mean it And my words, something's gonna change Away, away, you gotta be safe But how do they know when they never see you? And what will you do when they forget your name?
Right up again of the world. 